Blog Talk Radio.
All right, welcome back everybody to another edition of Roundtable Tuesdays here on Pine Ridge Warriors Radio or the Warrior Radio Broadcast Network. If you guys are joining us live right now, you're joining us on Blog Talk Radio or MixLR, and if you're catching this after the fact in the archive, you're listening to us on Blog Talk Radio, SoundCloud, or iTunes. So I want to say thank you to everybody that's tuning in, that has been tuning in and supporting uh, this radio broadcast, as, as well as you know, Pop Chick here, who's doing his radio show every Tuesday. Um, I want to apologize for our uh, inconsistencies in our schedule. Uh, it has been very uh, different coming back up to Canada and everything's changing. And actually, right now, you have me tonight because Curtis is at work. So uh, bear with us tonight as we go forward, even though I'm not the, the one pr- talking. So that's good. But, but anyway, we don't really have uh, a whole lot of announcements other than uh, guys, make sure that you turn, tune in with us uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday as well. We have some stuff to share with you. And uh, with that being said, I don't know how you doing, Popcha. Hey, I'm here. I'm, I've taken nourishment and it's a beautiful day outside. And so, hey, we're here. We're happy. And we're glad we're a part of the kingdom. Sounds good. Well, would you like to open us up in a word of prayer and then get this show on the road? Okay, let's do that. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you again for who you are. We thank you for the beat of our heart. We thank you for the air in our lungs. We thank you for this beautiful day that you've given to us. And it doesn't matter where we are, where we find ourselves, what the situation is that we are in. Lord, you are in control. If we know you in a personal way, you have it all under control. All we have to do is give it up to you and allow you to do the work that you want to do in and through us and for us. Lord, we thank you that you give us the opportunity to be on the air tonight. Lord, I pray for Curtis tonight as he had to be away at a special part of his job tonight. I know that won't be regular, but Lord, I pray that you'd give him strength, Lord, that you'd you'd keep him fresh and that you'd you'd keep a spring in his step as he as he mixes the secular work world with with what it is that you have for him and Haley to do. Lord, um we just ask for strength for him. Lord, we thank you for everyone that's listening live or that may be listening in the archives at some point, whether it's morning, noon, night, whenever it is, wherever it is. Lord, we pray that what is said tonight would be your words and that someone would be drawn closer to you and to the kingdom because of it. Father, we are nothing without you but with you we are all things and lord we thank you that you hold on on to us as your children lord we so often think there's something that we have to do that we have to keep up an agenda that we have to keep up in a in a schedule that there's just something that we have to do to please you but lord your pleasure comes from us simply asking you to be the lords of our the lord of our life and lord we just we lay that before you and we thank you and we praise you and we give you honor and glory for who you are and we ask and pray all of these things in Jesus name amen and amen okay i guess it is a little different because curtis isn't on tonight but but that's okay haley you talk just as much as curtis does and so so i'm sure there's no problem with you trying to find words if you have to but i don't talk but as anyway. much as curtis <laughs> well okay maybe not quite as much but you speak just as well so anyway okay. we'll we'll leave that right where it is and it's good that we can be on here tonight and I'm sure Curtis will be back tonight on Young Young Disciples, right? And so, anyway, um, I'm not sure if you had that had gotten that title up, Haley. But tonight, brothers and sisters, we want to talk. We want to talk about a double-minded man. And if there's a title for tonight, I put on it: a double-minded man fighting the hidden man of the heart. And you know, if we if we don't pay a lot of attention to the terminology there, we might think, well, hold it. What's the hidden man of the heart? 
is is the hidden man of the heart maybe something that's secret or something that's deceptive or something that's wrong? Uh, we're going to work through some of that tonight, and we're going to clarify that so that we all understand clearly who we are in Christ and what happens when we are inconsistent or double-minded or how that happens. And so that's kind of where we're going tonight. And so as we as we jump off the springboard here, I guess the most obvious verse in the scriptures that we can start off with is in James chapter 1 and verse 8. And here the the Bible says, well, I'm going to start in verse 6 just so that we have a good perspective here. And in verse 6 of James chapter 1, the Bible says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Verse 8 says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And then it goes on here and, and, it, and it exhorts the, the, the brother of low degree and, and, and so on. But so, so here the Bible clearly lays out the concept that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And so when we think about unstable in all his ways, many times I think we as just plain humanity think about that in, in superficial terms and say, well, okay, so the guy, the guy or the girl, the gal doesn't, uh, isn't, isn't stable and and we would think of that maybe in um, a psychological way or in a mental capacity kind of way and and I guess in certain cases it's possible that that could be a contributor but there's so much more to it than that you know we can look at we can look at things like our relationships you know when when we're double-minded what's happened is that we've we've actually become doubters we're doubting in what we're supposed to believe and the and the scriptures here is talking to believers and and that's one thing that that's that's a point where we need to start at because the scriptures is talking to believers that tells us that it's possible that we as the children of the most high can be double minded and so if we're if we're potentially double minded how is it that we are and and the crux of it much of this comes from the fact that we will doubt what the father has told us what he's laid on us what he's put into our hearts to do or to convey or to be a part of we we are doubting the veracity of what he has said in his word you know there's so much red letter in the new testament and those are Jesus Christ's words that have been translated from originals. So, so even when you, if, if you take that and you look at what has been spoken there, besides what James and Peter and Paul and, and, and all of the, the, the four Gospels uh, talked about, you, you look at that and you say, I have faith in, and I believe in, in these things. And yet, Brothers and sisters, I think if we're honest with ourselves many times, we we would have to say that, you know what, I I I actually doubt, I actually doubt in myself whether I whether I have the faith to believe what this says. And you know what, we don't necessarily verbalize that, but it's inside of our heart. And so I guess we'll we'll crack we'll crack the egg here and say that the hidden man of the heart is is our spirit, which has been sealed unto the day of redemption as believers. As we've come into this relationship with Jesus Christ and, and learned of what he has done for us and, and, and how he defeated the grave and Satan and hell and, and everything that that encompasses, among other things which we likely don't even begin to understand, we we have come into this relationship and our spirit which is a part of us body soul and spirit our spirit has been sealed by the father 
unto the day of redemption. And so our hidden man of the heart is our spirit. But that double-minded man that is potentially inside of us is what will fight against the seal, the, the, against that hidden man of the heart. Because, because the, the thing is today, so many of us see everything physical in front of us. And we've talked about this before, brothers and sisters, where where we're in this society where everything is right now it's it's a it's a smartphone microwave um ai or artificial intelligent artificial intelligence uh time in history and so no one has we don't have i shouldn't say no one but generally speaking we have a hard time coming up with patience to to simply wait for for something to bake in an oven as opposed to be thrown in the microwave. And so and so so I see that there's some somewhat of a parallel there where where our the hidden man of the heart is our spirit and and the Lord speaks to our spirit. But if we're not listening and if we don't have the patience and if we don't have the fortitude and and we don't have the will to have the faith to know that we are going to hear from the Father, we will find ourselves in situations where we become doubters, where we're, where we're doubting many things. And, and that, that whole doubt becomes an internal conflict. It's an internal conflict because our spirit says, yes, yes, yes. And yet our flesh is saying no. Or maybe it's saying yes sometimes, but no other times. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna expand on this like we just mentioned at the top here about this thing possibly relating to a psychological challenge or or a mental malady that 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 has occurred in a life, and and we deem that as something that would be considered unstable. But there's so much more because because many 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 of us today find ourselves in a situation where we have compromises with relationships. What about our friends? What about our families, our coworkers, any type of peers that we deal with? Um, we we may be in a situation where we walk into uh, a family gathering, and we're we're in a really good state of mind, and we're we're feeling happy, and and we're feeling joy, and and it just so happens that your brother tells you that your boots are ugly or, or, or you got dirt on them and you should have cleaned them up or, or you're wearing the wrong color dress if you're a lady. Um, it just doesn't match your hair or your eyes. You know, the, the little things like that mean nothing. And yet, yet, if we're not careful, we allow them to affect us in, in, in our humanity. Because the word says that we are to take every thought captive and and that is truly what the father means because if we don't take every thought captive we will react and when we react we put ourselves into a place where we've opened a door to the to the to the probability to the possibility of having a double minded situation come up into our into into our being so even things like decisions that we make personal decisions professional decisions our thoughts. How many times are we compromised in our thoughts? Um, maybe, maybe, maybe I have an issue with a certain, with a with a certain sin, like um, thing after the neighbor's Corvette or his BMW ragtop or something like that, and and it's something that keeps recurring. And every time I see it, I get this, I get this envy about me. Those those things cause us. Those are part of who we are when we are double-minded. And, and you recall what I, what I read in verse 8 there. Uh, double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And um, he's, he's saying in the verse before it, let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, this is a serious topic to discuss because when we're double-minded, we cannot expect to be fed 
and to be in a, to be in a progressive relationship with the father we can't we can't expect to have communion with Jesus Christ into the father because because the father will feed him nothing we will we will receive nothing of the lord and so here we are we're talking about our thoughts our decisions our relationships our emotions our temperament and how about our actions how many times do we do we think about something and and, and we say well okay if if i do this this is really the right thing and just for the record that's your that's your conscience or your spirit speaking to you and if i do this this is not the right thing but it's easier or it's more attractive or it's it's the path of least re- less resistance and we succumb to it brothers brothers and sisters these are all situations of double mindedness and it is and it is it is only to our own detriment because we cannot be fed by the father when we are not living in that place of of communion and 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 living in the hidden man of the heart. I want to give us one example here. And again, brothers and sisters, if you have a Bible tonight, I would encourage you to grab it because we're we're going to bounce around in the scriptures because you know it doesn't help me a lot to speak unless the Father is feeding it. And so his words, his words will strike the chord more so than what anything I can say. In Acts chapter 8, you know, I was reading this morning, and I'm in Acts chapter 8, and I came across the account in chapter 7 where Stephen was speaking to these to the uh, scribes and Pharisees or the high priests, and and the people in general got angry at him, and they stoned him. They killed him. And just as an aside, in verse 60 of chapter 7, the, the word says, He kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this into their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. You want to talk about someone who, who's living in the hidden man of the heart? Um, this, this was a prime example. But as I was reading this morning in chapter 8, I got to the account of Simon. And I want to read, I want to read some verses here, and I just want us to get a little bit of a perspective of, of what it is that, we're, that we battle. And so in Acts chapter 8, verse 5, the Bible says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. By the way, shouldn't we all be living in that? Brothers and sisters, we should be aiming for that. Verse 9, but there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. Interesting deception, if you'll note there. And that was my paraphrase there at the end. Verse 11 says, and to him... They had regard because that of a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles, which were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was not fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they their hands on them, and they received the Holy, the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. 
Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. And so, brothers and sisters, as I, as I was reading that this morning, I was thinking, wow, even that is an example of how we can be double-minded. Here's Simon becomes a believer he 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 comes to a knowledge of who Jesus Christ is and what he did and how no man comes unto the father but by the son so he makes that decision the bible is clear on that and yet he's following the apostles and he sees these things happening and he's saying whoa give me this power and and all he can see is the physical manifestation not taking into consideration the spiritual the full spiritual ramification of what Peter and John and Philip had been doing and so here is an example of how a person can be double minded and Peter clearly tells him and Peter speaks strongly there because he says, repent therefore of this thy wickedness, and pray God if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. When I read that verse, I thought, wow, how many of us are guilty of, of, of sin like that, or, even, or more serious? And listen to how Peter responded to Simon, or how he spoke to him, and how straightforward he was in 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 stopping the potential for wrongdoing to occur. There, he, there was absolutely no intent, as far as he was concerned, that anything like that could happen. And, it was, and it's truly through the Father that it occurred, because Peter, Peter was the mouthpiece. Uh, for those of you who recall, um, at, at one point... Um, they laid they laid uh, sick folk on the ground, just near where Peter would walk, hoping that the that the shadows would fall on them and that they might be healed by that. So so think about the power in, in which power Peter was walking as he spoke these things to Simon. It makes me think of Jesus when he said, "Get thee behind me, Satan!" When it was Peter who was saying. The, the the things that he said to Jesus, I'm never going to forsake you, um, and and the other things that he said, and Jesus said, "Get thee behind me, Satan," and and here now Peter is is on the is is in that place, and he's saying, "Whoa, you better fix this right now," because the double-minded man cannot progress in the kingdom, cannot grow. So, brothers and sisters. You know, we need to look into our own hearts, look into our own our own souls, and listen to determine where it is that we need something to be to be healed, to be fixed, to be to be bridged back together. Uh, Jeremiah two thirteen. Uh, this verse says, "For my people have committed two evils; they have forsaken me." the fountain of living waters, and have hewed them out, cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Brothers and sisters, we don't want to be like that. That here the children of Israel had had sinned. And and so the Jeremiah, the father speaking through Jeremiah here and telling them that they've forsaken the father and then they've and then they've basically pretended to be something that they're not they're cisterns but they're broken cisterns they can't hold water and so we must be we must be repaired in the in that way and and only we can do it we must make the conscious effort to to realize the state where we are falling short because brothers and sisters you'll know in your heart where your doubt is you'll know in your heart where your inner conflict is and and so those those are the places that 
the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to prod you and, and push you. You know, the, the, the 23rd Psalm, so many of us know this and can, and can recite it. Uh, and it's verse 3 that I, really, that I really want us to focus on. But I'll start in verse 1. And it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Verse 3 says, He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Brothers and sisters, our righteousness is not our own. It is His. And He, and he preserves us. But it still becomes a conscious decision for us as to whether or not we are going to allow that new man the hidden man of the heart to grow and to be fostered and to gain strength in our lives or whether we're going to remain in this double-mindedness. Here's another one. James chapter 4, verse 8. I was just there and I'm heading back there right now. James chapter 4 and verse 8. Here's 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 an admonition or an encouragement, however you want to look at it. Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to God. To, pardon me, <laughs> sorry. Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Verse nine says, "Be afflicted and mourn and weep, and let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to heaviness." And in verse 10, it says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. So he's giving us, he's giving us the recipe for what will bring us into that closeness in relationship with him. And it is, it's about, it's about giving ourselves up and, and asking him to lay bare those things in our lives that we need to let go of. You know, we, we've spoken much, much in the last month, two months in our own home and in our own circles here about, about what, what is truly sin. And it is, it is an extremely uh, deep discussion. But for, for each of us, we all have things in our spirits that tell us this is not right. This may be okay, but it's not really good for us. It's, there, there are things that come to us, and those things are the things that will compromise us. Because the Word also says, to whom, to, uh, to whom something is pure, all things are pure. To him who is pure, all things are pure. And so the... These kind of terms um, are meant for those who can handle the meat of the word and not just the milk. Because as we come into a perfect relationship with the Father through the Holy, through the Holy Spirit and through Jesus Christ, as we come into that perfection, as we get closer to it, as we see more of Him and less of us, we realize the things of the of the the world the things of the earth that's that are that are detrimental that are that will impede us that will slow us down that will that will arrest our development in our spiritual walks and so brothers and sisters that is why we encourage to keep growing keep moving don't go stagnant don't stop you must move forward because as has been mentioned so often you have something to offer that others around you need whether they are fellow believers or whether they are a lost and dying world that needs to see the light of Christ in you you know Hosea chapter 10 verses 1 and 2 says Israel is an empty vine he bringeth forth fruit unto himself according to the multitude of his fruit he hath increased the altars According to the goodness of his land, they have made goodly images. Verse 2 says, their heart is divided. Now shall they be found faulty. 
He shall break down their altars and he shall spoil their images. So here's another example, brothers and sisters, of 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 how how we how in this case he's referring to the children of Israel. They've become compromised. And and every time there's a physical there's a physical example, it it parallels in the spiritual. So brothers and sisters we cannot have a heart divided because when our heart divided is divided, our mind is divided and a divided mind is fractured to the point where doubt assails and faith cannot live. Faith cannot grow. That, that grain of mustard seed that each of us has been granted, it cannot, it cannot germinate to grow further, to grow to grow into that that tree where the birds of the air will go and rest and nest in. Isaiah 29 is another reference. Isaiah 29, starting in verse 13, says, Therefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth, and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder, for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. Woe to unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord, and their works are in the dark, and they say, Who seeth us, and who knoweth us? Surely your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as a potter's clay, for shall the work say of him that made it, he made me not? Or shall the thing framed say of him that framed it, he had no understanding? So, brothers and sisters, we can look we can look at this passage in a number of different ways but when i look at at us and and how we can be double minded this is another this is another example of how things can be done under the covers and and we think we're doing something behind the scenes that no one can see that the father can't see that jesus didn't die for and yet it's there, it's in the open, and there is no way, there's no way to hide it. In Matthew, Jesus said, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, and you make clean the outside of the cup. Well, so the inside is dirty. It's, it's another corruption. No one can serve two masters, Matthew 6.24. We cannot serve two masters. And so... As we look as we look at all of that and we see how easy it is to be in a double minded state, brothers and sisters, I want us to take heart because the word says that there is no temptation that has that has befallen us that has not gone before our Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus was tempted in all points as we were without sin. And and somewhere I was listening, or I heard, or I read um, some some notes on what on how that on how much detail was involved in the temptations that Christ faced and overcame. And we don't even think we don't even think about many of them. And and so, brothers and sisters, think for a moment about every temptation that can befall you and think about how Jesus overcame it. He went through it and he overcame it. But not only that, then he went and he died because of us so that he could help to bring us back into that fellowship. And so then we look, we look and we turn the corner and we go to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 4, the word says, But let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. You know, it was interesting because I was, I was just I was snooping around, and, and uh, I guess I would say I was Googling around a bit. 
And I looked at some references um, related to verse four, and and it, you know, the word meek is in that verse, and and I tend to have a little bit of a problem because it seems like churchianity or the or the standard mainstream system looks at meekness as pure humility. Um, that is not really an accurate. Uh, rendition of what that term is. Meekness is power under control. And so when we look at Jesus Christ as our example, um, the perfect example, he was the epitome of meekness because he was total power under total control. And yes, he was a man and he went through and, and lived through all of the temptation that we did. But the amazing thing was that he did it in in meekness. He wasn't drawing attention to himself, waving flags and saying, look, I just overcame this temptation. Look, Satan just took me to the pinnacle of the earth and offered to give me the whole world, and I didn't accept it. He didn't do that. He had, first of all, starved for 40 days, and then he overcame that temptation, although knowing that Satan... And brothers and sisters, I guess I'm going to take a little rabbit trail here. Jesus Christ knew that Satan could not do anything. Although he offered him all of the kingdoms of the world, he would just bow down to him. Satan Satan did not have the power to offer him that. Because, because Satan was, first of all, cast out of heaven... Yeah, well, I guess I should be careful with that because he he stands he stands and he accuses the brethren, and so he's he's still not cast completely out of heaven. I'll I'll, I'll rescind that, but but Jesus knew the situation that Satan was in, and when he died, when Jesus when Jesus Christ died and went into the pit and fought for three days and took back the keys. Satan was a defeated foe, and so there's nothing. When I, when I look at what Jesus did on the pinnacle and when he was denying Satan, I look at us as believers and say, why are we not like that on the pinnacle? Because Satan is nothing. He is a, def- he is a defeated foe. He is, a, he is in existence, but he is a defeated foe. We have been made righteous. We have been justified in the spirit because of who Jesus is and what Jesus did for us and yet we allow this this thing and and I shouldn't even say this thing we listen to so much garbage today whether it's on the television in the on the radio in our iPods earpods are I don't know are are whatever pods they are we listen to this stuff where, yeah, we have this fight. We have this struggle. We have this wilderness experience. We're waiting for, for us to get out of our desert, blah, 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 blah. Guess what? We are out of our desert. Like, let's just suck it up and get at it because that's what we've been called to do. We have been given all things. Take it. Take it and use it. Take it and believe it. Walk out in faith. And speak the thing that is coming into your spirit. Do the thing that's coming into your spirit. Because those are the things of the hidden man of the heart. And it is by doing that and by living in that faith, you are going to exercise and grow that so much more. And then suddenly, the account of Philip going and speaking and preaching in Samaria and healing this one and healing that one and 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 maybe giving eyesight or raising someone from the dead suddenly these things become real because i look at i look at these stories these aren't stories these are accounts and you can actually go into some historical records and you will you can read where certain men walked the earth at a certain time and they had huge crowds following them one of them being jesus because he could do these things. 
these supernatural things and not dark side supernatural. Because remember, brothers and sisters, the dark side is an imitator. They're, they cannot do anything of their own. They will only imitate. So for anyone that tells you that you never, that you never have something good when you have something evil, when you'll, that you'll not ever have a good parallel is wrong, is completely wrong. Because the evil comparison came from somewhere. And so if there's, if there's an evil, there's a good. If there's, if there's a good, there's likely going to be an evil. And so, brothers and sisters, even from that perspective, we need to be very cognizant that we test the spirits and make sure we understand what it is, who it is uh, that we're following, that we're listening to. Sorry, I got a throat that's just drying like crazy. Anyway, so that's right, old one. Let me go ahead and let, let let me go ahead and jump in real quick. If you got some water here, um, <laughs> are, are you uh, are, 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 are you back? <laughs> oh, good oh yeah, man, yeah, man. I, I was enjoying I was enjoying your sermon there, man. I was I was writing some notes down, eh? <laughs> oh, okay, 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 good. Excellent. I don't want to throw you off topic. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't want to throw you off topic or anything. But, you know, I'm kind of getting this vibe about, you know, the general flow of things here. And one of the things that you actually brought up a, a little while ago was about how the Lord rebuked the Pharisees and Sadducees and said, you know, even though the outside of your cup be clean, you know, the inside is still dirty. You know, we can uh, – whenever you said that, one of the things that the Lord impressed in my heart about that was, you know, about this, that – you know, we could be like the Pharisees and Sadducees and everything on the outside be clean and tidy and, and, and what Christianity um, wants you to be, or churchianity as some would say it. But one of the things that I think we need to really be careful of, and that, that's be who the Lord called you to be. Um, let me break this down in a different way, Brother Stephen. I'll throw it back at you, is I think that this is – how God – we were all wonderfully and fearfully made. He designed a, a brother Steve like a Steve. He designed Sister Haley like Haley, Sister Paula like Paula, and Curtis like a Curtis. There's no one else like us, point blank, mm-hmm. and, and even brother, brother Evan. Brother Evan like Evan, you know, Christine – anyway. Yep. Don't try to polish up the outside to make yourself fit. And I know this is kind of blowing that a little bit. This is stretching this a little bit. But don't – I would say be careful, brothers and sisters, that you don't um, mold yourself to what Christianity should be. I think that the Father has made us all in a unique way with our own personalities, our own quirks, our own nerdiest. You know, you you, you were talking about how sometimes you say you got to watch out because you know you, you sometimes feel like you're too meek in certain areas. But don't try to be something you're not. You know, um, I think if we try to conform to something that's not the image of how God made us, we 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 will try to we'll wind up being frustrated, aggravated, and we won't really mesh. What you think? And that, well, and you're making a very good point, Curtis, because because that you know that that is a part of our growth as believers. And and our 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 churchianity has made us all out so that or many many of our many of our factions have made us all out so that we we appear to look the same way we appear to act the same way we we appear to have the same mannerisms so that so that when you don't fit that mold you start to doubt yourself. Or you say, I need, I need to do this because, and you're right, because when we do that, we are now conforming to an ordinance of man. And you know what? Until 10 years ago, I was, I was so, so system-oriented. Like if somebody wasn't looking the right way and smelling the right way and walking the right way and being the right way and being in the right place, I, you know... I was judging them and I wouldn't judge them to the point where I wouldn't talk to them or anything, but I, but I, but I made an assumption. I just assumed it's like, it's like I went to a a different place of employment 
And one of the first questions I was asked is, well, what church do you attend? And I went, whoa, okay. I didn't even respond to the guy because when, when I hear that now, it sets off bells in my mind, in my heart, in my spirit, because that is, that is a, a picture of us getting dragged into what is a status quo um, religion. It's a status quo religion. It is not a relationship that is not based on a relationship. That is based on a religion. Because we can paint anyone with this brush if he's that denomination, this brush with that denomination, the next brush with the next denomination. And how many denominations are there in North America? Like it's mind-boggling. And how is it that every one of them is right? No wonder everyone laughs at Christianity. No, no wonder we're, no wonder they talk about the Crusades and the Christians killing all these people. What in the world? How in the world could Christians be be involved in that type of thing? All of that aggression, because um, well, we're we're. <laughs> We're digressing down the road here, but but it is it, it it's it's we must understand who we are in Christ and we must walk with Him so that we can hear Him and we hear in our spirit what He's saying to us. That hidden man of the heart, the part that is sealed unto the day of redemption, because that thing is in there, and we are saved. We are we are we are destined for an eternity with our Savior. But we're, but we're conforming our soulish nature. We are being sanctified in our in our in the soulish part of our of this being, and and we're not going to hit perfection until we until we're done here. But but in the meantime, as we get closer, the things of the world will fall away, and and that is and that is what we want. That's where we want to get to. You know what? Proverbs 24. What does Proverbs 24 say? I'm going to tell you what it says. Proverbs 24 and verse 16 says that for a just man falling seven times and rises up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. So uh, I guess maybe I should read verse 15 too. I'll start in verse 15 and then I'll reread it. Okay. So verse 15 says, Lay not wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Spoil not his resting place. And this, again, to what we're just talking about. We shouldn't be, shouldn't be judging each other. Okay. So spoil not his resting place. Verse 16, For a righteous, for a just man falleth seven times, and he rises up again. But the wicked shall fall into mischief. So rejoice not when thy enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth, lest the Lord see it, and it displease him, and he turn away his wrath from him. Brothers and sisters, I would be so much more concerned that, that the Lord looks on me and shines on me and says, I know this man, and I, I want to be more of him. That is where we should want to be. You know what? We cannot, we cannot separate ourselves. We cannot, serve, we cannot serve two masters, as I said already, because we end up serving God and mammon. Because there is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the, the eyes, and the pride of life. And those things are a one-way ticket to double-mindedness. Because if we are truly believers, we are going to doubt where we are. And, and I can speak for myself. I've doubted, I've, doubted, I've doubted situations for myself for years. But you know what? We don't have to. And we shouldn't. Because we are in a, we are in a battle. But we have the tools. And, and the thing is, we need to be offensive, not defensive. Now, we have all of the tools that Ephesians 6 tells us, all of the armor that we are to be girded on with, but we have the sword, which is the word of God, and that's what we use as our, as our weapon. And so, yeah, 
where there there mm-hmm. is this is such a hu- this is such a huge topic um yeah it's pretty it's it's tough to do to do justice to this thing when you look at you know a man of like Moses he was meek he was he was quiet um he even said that he didn't speak well and yet look at what he was entrusted with brothers and sisters that power under control um you know one thing that i seem to see that that i take note of is as people become more like the father and and as as you can see more of jesus in them through them they they have this balance about them and and i'm i'm not talking about being controlled and and not doing anything too crazy i'm talking about how they how they interact with others and and how how they don't get ruffled feathers period like it's just it's okay things things might not look right but you know what the father has it under control he'll take care of it and that's and that's the the place where we are when we're living in this place of faith which is the the hidden man of the heart it's 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 the place in our spirit that has been sealed and wants to break forth if we will just let ourselves go and let him work through us. What do you think, Curtis? Amen, brother. I would say that there's a lot of things, you know, that you touched on here that, you know, you, you talk about the double-minded man. You know, one of the things I would probably take, if if, if anything brothers and sisters is that you could take away from this is always remember that the father knows who you are how you've been made he understands exactly where you came came out of he knows he knows the end from the beginning but most importantly don't be double-minded against your faith your convictions and what the lord has told you you know brother steve i had this uh conversation with uh with Haley, not what was it? Not too long ago, um, that the Lord made her to be a specific way. I mean, if you look at me and her, we're, we're like night and day as far as personality goes. But does that mean that the Lord can't accomplish what He needs to accomplish through us? Now, I would say He 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 still does do what He needs to do through us, man. Um, if if anything, and you know. Be very careful that you that you don't say one thing with your mouth and do another, or you 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 commit or you confess to one lifestyle and don't do it. You know, um, brother Steve, how how many times do you look around and you say, okay, well we read about the Ephesians six armor, we we read about signs, wonders, and miracles, we read about you know having a having a prayer life daily i mean not just you know one hour a day but praying into situations whenever they arise how many times have you heard people preach and teach bibles but whenever it comes down to it they don't live what the word of god says right right yep yeah and the problem is curtis if there's a problem if we're going to call it a problem it's not a problem but but what we as believers all must do is learn to see each other in the spirit because you're right we each have we each have a different job and and uh a guy like Curtis may be really talkative and really bubbly and and then a guy like me might be more subdued and and doesn't talk quite as much and and things like that but we each have our place because we will each influence a demographic the, he, because there's a plan and purpose for each of us, and and we were those things were designed for us before the world began, and that's the thing we don't we don't understand how valuable we are and how complex how complexly everything has been put together for us, because Curtis, we were we, none of us were ever designed to live in this, and we've talked about this before. We were never meant to deal with this garbage, but the Father knew that we would be here tonight talking about this, and and He knew what your situation would be. He knew what mine would be. He knew what the listeners would be, and He knew what the value would be of what we're saying, and and the value may not be realized from here to eternity but it may be realized 
at some point there. And so, so I, I know it sounds really superficial to say that, but that is where we as, as believers need to get to. Because this isn't about 70 or 80 years on earth. That's just the beginning. It, 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 we're, we're, we are eternal creatures. And so, and we shouldn't call ourselves creatures. We are God's children. We, are, we were all made in his image. But, but we're, we're, just, we're, we're just a breath of air here as far as time goes. And once we're gone from here, time will be over. And eternity will be eternity. And so, so where we end up, kingdom or not in the kingdom, is, is the only thing that matters. It's the only thing that matters. We go to work every day. We get up every morning. We, we go to work because we need to. We've got to keep shelter in this climate. Uh, we do those things. But we cannot let those things override the, the importance of, of, the, of the assignment that we've all been given. And for some of us, it's to go to Nigeria and preach and teach like Sister Elena. And some of us, it is to, is to pray for others. So many, I know that there are so many ladies that are prayer warriors, older ladies that pray for ministries and people. And, and maybe they can't even get out, but they can sit in their chair and they can pray. You know, and some of us can move around. We can talk to people. We can pray for them. You, you know what? I used to like we. I used to think flippantly about, well, well, we'll pray for you, and so we pray for someone once, and then we forget about it. But you know what? When we, when we truly see someone, and we and we we ask them whether we can pray for them with them, all of a sudden it becomes real, and there is. There is this, um, it's, um, I'll call it a vulnerability that occurs because it breaks down so many walls when, when, you will, will, when you will share, when you will show love and care to the point of someone else to say, you know what, I don't even know what your spiritual situation is, but, but let's, let's just pray. Can I pray for you? And and let's just see where the Lord takes it. Because, Curtis, you know, you and Haley have done some of the, the prayer and prophecy nights. And look and look what happens and how the doors open and, and all of those discussions, right? And and so this it all it all boils down to allowing that hidden man of the heart to to grow and to shine more and more into the likeness of, of Jesus Christ. You know, you're right, brother. And, you know, one thing, and just, just I kind of want to stress about this, and then I guess we'll get going here, is, you know, have an opportunity to serve the Lord at whatever capacity. And, you know, with that prayer and prophecy, and I, I think, you know, we haven't been doing it lately for a while, and, and there's reasons to it. Um, I think now it's more of a transitional period between sitting behind a mic and you know, even going into the proper channels for it. Um, and that's about all I can say for that one. But, uh, yeah, brother, you, you know, you did an awesome show here tonight. Um, brothers and sisters, if you guys like what you heard, um, you guys have his information, his contact information. You guys go to his website, um, you know, uh, Roundtable Ministries International or Roundtable Ministries INTL. Um you guys go check him out, you know, support him, um, say hi, drop him a thread, tell him how much you've been blessed, you know, uh, about the message and, you know, uh, get a hold of him. And especially if you're in the Canada area, you know, uh, don't forget to get a hold of us and, you know, uh, reach out, step in and say hi. So, uh, with that being hmm. said, brother Steve, is there any couple closing comments that you'd like to make before we get going? No, nothing, 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 especially just, uh, just yeah, the website is there, and it is uh, roundtableministriesinternational.com. And just for those of you who may be listening, I think our email address on the site is wrong, and I think we're going to try and get that thing fixed fairly quickly. But the correct email address is roundtableministriesintl at gmail.com. That is the correct 
email address. So if if you want to send an email, that is the email address to use. Roundtable Ministries I N T L at gmail.com. And the other thing is um, my Canadian phone number is on the site, but the American phone number is not. And so I'll repeat that. It is 605-223-1866. Again, that is 605-223-1866. That is an American number. So for, for our American friends, if you want to call and you don't want to incur uh, charges out of the country, you can certainly use that number and um, I'll get you and I appreciate you. Amen. So with that being said, love and appreciate you guys. Uh, don't forget to tune in tomorrow for a very important episode of Young Disciples. You guys don't want to miss that. Come check us out. So with that being said, thank you for coming on, Brother Steve, and thank you, my love, for holding down the fort while I was gone. Um, love and appreciate you guys. Check you guys out later. Thank you, Brother Steve, again for coming on, and I'll see you guys tomorrow at 7 o'clock Central. Thunder roll I barely hear you whisper through the rain.